You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Well, it's uh, 8 to 33 p.m. Central African time. Remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners Plus 2784-786-3132. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, can we take the soap and shampoo from the hotels, Ustad? MashaAllah, if you booked in a hotel day in Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara, or Tokyo, or London, or wherever, and you know that everything there is provided for you. Now, obviously, you can't go steal the towels and all that. That's haram. But this type of thing, the toiletries, for example, the soap, the shampoo, and all those things, if you think it is permissible, there's no problem with that. In fact, if you read the Muslim woman, you know, the latest edition, so, mashallah, Allah reward our sisters there. I don't know how many years, over 20 years, I think, they're in existence. So, you must remember the September edition is out with the red cover, and it's just 25 rand. So, if you buy one and five of you in the house read it, so it's five rand each, imagine. And how much information there is there? So I have there two. One is Q&A, one is the travel article. This time was America with the help and mercy of Almighty Allah. So one question is there. So yes, it's permissible. There's no problem. But it don't mean, you see the Jutlas, when, I don't blame all now, some of them, what they did when they started building ties with the Emiratis, United Arab Emirates, so they brought the delegation, you know, coming for holiday and all that there, you must remember, to Dubai and that. Now, you know Dubai, what, you got five-star, six-star hotels and what and what. They start stealing, not only that, they start stealing even the hair dryers and start stealing the towels and all that. So the chutlas haram is what you expect from them. Not a chosen nation, a cursed nation, Quran says. So you must remember that. So that is absolutely haram. But there's toilet, there's uh, shampoos, and you must remember soap and whatever. All that you take is fine. It's paid for by you. No problem. Ustad, somebody wants to know, can we travel to Palestine? Is it safe currently, Ustad? Remember that for you, South Africans, you should go. But after you have performed your Hajj and Umrah and so forth, I will advise every one of you who can afford it, you should go. With Allah's help, Allah's mercy, I went five times. But now I know the Jutlas will never allow me because they can't answer the questions we ask them. You see, any one of them, they are politicians, they are rabbis, whoever. None of them can answer the questions, you must remember. I asked the three questions, simple. So which which Torah you believe in? You must remember they got so many different versions of the Torah that the virgins themselves are confused. Second one, I ask them, are you crooks or not? So remember that you steal somebody else's land. Now you want to steal more and more. So is occupation not terrorism and crookery and stealing? So you are invaders. If Putin invaded, you must remember Ukraine one and a half year ago, one year, seven months ago. And he's a war criminal. And remember, he that you called him and took him to the ICC. So when does Israeli leaders and American leaders and British leaders will be taken? Each one of them is a war criminal. Your Bush, your Blair and BB and all of them. So they all war criminals, what they are. So you see, everywhere is double standards. We must be very, very clear on all these issues here. Then the next one you must remember is this, that how do you justify that day in Gaza, the open prison for 17 years and more? This morning I gave you news. A lady, 12 children, 30 years she lived there in Israel, and now she's expelled to Gaza. 
So you have the worst apartheid in the world, the apartheid terrorist Nazi regime of Israel. And don't come tell me, I don't know. I've been there five times, more than most Jews from South Africa have been. So you must remember this. Not one of them can answer these type of questions. Today I sent out something from the German newspaper that we must have that, remember, missiles striking, you must remember Russia. But on another newspaper says, no, you cannot have the right to send missiles into Israel. Now, how you reconcile that? But Israel's crime is 75 times more. So because occupation is taking place for more than 75 years. So that is the real issue. Israel is a cancer to the world. The mm. whole state has to be dismantled. Then only you will find some world peace. You must remember that. That's the prerequisite. What's that? I've got a, a revert sister. She says, Mufti AK, urgent reply. I'm a revert sister. I follow your show. What part of the wife's body is the husband not allowed to see? My husband said it's permissible because Prophet Muhammad seen his wife's body. Urgent reply. A revert sister will start. My sister in Islam, you must remember there is no hijab. There is no parda between husband and wife. So husband can see wife. Wife can see husband. But you must remember this, that it doesn't mean the word in the Hadith in Ibn Majah and various compilations. We mustn't behave like donkeys. You see today animals that they just get busy in front of everybody. Because the animals, they don't have to worry. You must remember that. We are the masterpiece of Almighty Allah's creation. So when husband and wife want to fulfill conjugal relationship, so even if you don't have clothes on, you must use a sheet and so forth and so on. Because haya, shame, modesty, morality is an integral part of our iman. Almighty Allah speaks of this in chapter 28, verse 25. That Shu'ayb salatu salam, you must remember that, that they were, she, when she came to call Nabi Musa salam, to come home to her father, so she walked with so much shame and modesty, Allah praised her. So, when you don't have haya, shame, and modesty, you will do as you please. Look at the Western culture, the non-Muslim culture, that Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve, Madam and Eve, transgender. So everything is legal for them. Certain countries, they're legalizing bestiality. So remember, all these things, they will see is acceptable because their brains are worse than the animals. They're like animals, nay, even worse that animals the Quran Karim states so that is your answer my sister where are the freedom of religion here in South Africa because Nikah is part of our religion Ustad so you must remember this the show here that we have now this program you try in any Muslim country any Arab country the first guy they lock up they lock me up you must remember this they say that how can you speak against the government how can you speak against this country that country so the amount of freedom of religion we have here, and don't come tell me we never had freedom of religion under apartheid. We had, but now we got more. How we built all the masjids over 100 years ago, how you had istimas right from the mid-60s and everything and so forth. So you must remember, but now is much more. So we must. We couldn't just go to any white area and colored area, African area, 
to do dawat and tabligh. You know, you go to Valias, you go to Bloemfontein. As coolies, as Indians, we have to be out before sunset and so forth, if you know the laws of South Africa under apartheid. So, but there was some form of freedom. Of uh, You know, people say there was no freedom. That's a lie also. So we have more freedom now compared to the past, and we have most freedom compared to any country in the world. But we must use it positively, not negatively. And if the government wants to encroach upon our laws, then definitely we must take them on. You must remember that, even if it means going to the constitutional court. How we went to court, you must remember, when they had lockdown and so forth. Our own people sold us out, you must remember, these type of things. Then Molvis and Sheikhs and all of them going to court to stop us from going to the masjid. Today you can see how disgrace humiliated they are, because that's exactly what the Quran says. Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 114. لَهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا خِزْيُوا وَلَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ So for them, you must remember, dunya, in this worldly life there's disgrace, and in the year after there's a painful, horrible, terrible punishment. Somebody says, I wanted to find out, a father is deceased, he left behind foreign currency and also had properties. His first wife passed away and his second wife claims when they were alone in their room, he gave her everything. The father <laughs> never communicated this to any of his children during his lifetime. Ustad, he referred the property as his. What is the Islamic ruling? <laughs> so you must remember, therefore, this is another issue that you're going to grapple with. Mustafa Rahmatullil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Hadith in Bukhari Sharif Abu Dawood you should not even allow two nights to pass, but your will should be written and prepared already. Hmm. So now where's the will? So when you die intestate, intestate means without the will. And will, I don't mean any will. We're speaking of an Islamic world that is according to the laws of Islam and Sharia and so forth. So that's wajib and compulsory. So when a person passes away, your father passed away, all of you children, grandchildren should be reading for him. Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41. رَبَّنَا اغْفِلْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِسَابِ Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day of when the reckoning is established, the day of Qiyamah, it means. And then that the first thing, burial, funeral expenses, make sure all that is paid. The debts of your deceased father, business debts, corporate debts, personal debts, all that must be paid. Regarding this lady, the wife, now maybe your stepmother or mother, she's lying. Islamically, you can't accept what she's saying. She doesn't have witnesses. She doesn't have documentation. So all the Zahir, the prima facie evidence is against her. So you don't have to give her anything else more than her share. So she's only entitled after the burial, funeral expenses and the deaths of the deceased, 12.5%. And then your dada and daddy, that is your father's parents, your grandparents, if they're alive, they must inherit. If they are not alive, then after her 12.5%, then you, the sons and daughters, will inherit. Ratio 2 to 1. So just go to the Jamiyats and the Molanas and whoever who know inheritance and let them give you a document and they will just give you exactly what they said. And if need be, tell her you'll take her to court and what have you, then you will see she'll come right. Somebody says, so what happens if we make a person a Muslim, but we don't follow up? 
but your re- is- Islamic station, you'll make people Muslims, but you don't follow up Mufti Sab. Brother Joe, we start. I see, Joe, you you jealous, right? So don't say Joe. Joe is non-Muslim name. So you want to become non-Muslim or what? You must say Yusuf. Quran Sharif teaches us, you must remember, Surah 7, verse 180, Almighty Allah has wonderful, beautiful names. So invoke and call Almighty Allah by his beautiful names. Shun those people, leave those people who are corrupting the names. So imagine the names of Almighty Allah, the names of Prophet and Messengers, Yusuf, your whole Surah, Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, 111 verses, you got Joe. So what you are? Joe the carpenter or Joe the plumber or Joe the idiot. We don't know which Joe, you know, my brother. Right, Joe? Let's call you Joe. We don't know you're Muslim or non-Muslim. So you must remember, you're jealous, right? So because none of you guys can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So since when Islam told us that we must go every day and teach them, Islam didn't say that. So you must remember, we make the people Muslim and they will be saved from Jahannam. And we tell them that they must go to the local ulama. Or if the lady, she must go to the local apas and people and teach them about Islam. So we do that, my brother. But you are a jealous guy. Remember that. For that, you must make tawbah and repent, brother. Please ask Mufti AK, someone saying December there is going to be no traveling because of COVID. Or is it something else? Someone saying, is it because of BRICS conference in Johannesburg? We'll start. <laughs> BRICS conference is finished and passed away. You must see history now. Carry on with the geography. <laughs> you must remember this. What every three months you're going to have. So the next BRICS conference is there in Russia. And the city Putin announced already Kazan. Kazan is Muslim territory, if you know. It's part of Tataristan. If you know anything <laughs> of Russia and you know anything of the Soviet Union and so forth. So you must remember that that's the next conference next year, the dates only have to be fixed and so forth. Regarding COVID and all that, you get these mufatias, you'll understand, among the Molvis, among the doctors and all of them, I don't say every Molvi, I don't say every doctor, but they are the ones who were putting all this fear into you, that you must wear one mask and double mask, half the guys who are doing that, they did and they passed away, you know. Mm. So And some Molvis got fired and all that. It's very good. So you must remember these things here. Come to the masjid. Naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Hadith in Abd Majan Abu Dawood. Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam said, it's not permissible for you to cover your mouth and all these things whilst you are in salat. Come with a mask and shaitan's mask and what have you. So it was never a pandemic, you must. It was a pandemic. It was a scamdemic. Go ask the ANC what they did with it, 500 billion. Go ask your Molvis and your Jamiats and all of them how much money they collected, mm. you must remember. Where's all that money? They pocketed it or what? Go ask them. So you must remember this. So you see that this grace coming in. They're going to the church. They're going to the memorial service because they will never give you money free of charge. You have to dance to their tune and so forth and so on. So there's no pandemic. That is all these characters who want to make us idiots and fools, the one world order. So we must be treated. You know, Africa is treated as a third class. You must remember this. So they will tell you now it started, the variant started here and there and so forth. I see one doctor. He was very much in favor from Cape Town. You must remember Muslim. But now I see he wrote some article. He says that all this, none of that work. 
nor did social distancing work, nor did mask work, <coughs> nothing worked, nor did the vaccine work and all these things. At least he's making some form of tawbah and so forth. So Allah Ta'ala give guidance. You see, Muslim, I don't say all, but many Muslim doctors were getting kickbacks and so forth. One day I said, it, one doctor came on air also and he said, it's true. He also collected kickback and all that. So brothers, don't sell your deen and don't sell your masajid. You will lose your iman if you're not careful. Mm. Uh, I've got uh, Sister Melissa. She says, good evening to you and to the team of Ansar. Why do your guys wash so often every time you guys pray? Melissa, will start. My sister Melissa, very good question. You see, my sister, I want to ask you three, four questions. And you must be honest, right? You must remove the jaundice from your eyes. Now, let me give you a nice explanation of Islam. You see, I went for prayers, right? Our prayer was 7.30. So 7.15, I went to wash myself. So I washed my hands. So when I washed my hands, I came to know the color of the water. Thereafter, I took water, I inserted in my mouth. So I came to know the taste of the water. And thereafter, I inserted in the nostrils. And then I came to know, you must remember that, the smell of the water. So water has three characteristics, the color, the taste, and the smell. So once it has passed that three tests, so all my Allah teaches us, إِذَا قُمْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ هُجُوهَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ That what must you do? That you must go and wash and make ablution. So go read my sister, chapter number 5, Surah Ma'idah and verse number 6. Chapter 5, verse 6. I'm reading for you. So now when you're about to read Salat and prayer, so go and wash your faces. But before that, the three features already went through teaching of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So we wash our faces. Then wash your hands, including your elbows. Then make masa. Masa means your head, uh, your hands are moist. You just put over your head like that so you don't get sick. And you wash your feet, including your ankles. Okay? Now, my sister, I want to ask you, Melissa, be honest about this. Now, tomorrow you're going to work. You got some interview and so forth. How many times you have to put makeup on your face? How many times? When you go to toilet and so forth and you just use toilet paper, my sister. So which one is more hygienic, my sister? I want to ask you a question. Is it water or your toilet paper? Mm. Be honest about this. And who must be? We're going. Tomorrow I got a meeting with the Prime Minister of ABC country. I got a meeting with the King of XYZ country. So we will look tip-top condition. I got no meeting with anybody. I'm just explaining to you. So in our prayer, we have a meeting with Almighty Allah, the King of Kings. We are communicating with Him. So we cleanse ourselves internally and externally. Internally with the evolution and externally, remember with what? With our respectable clothing. Ya Bani Adama Khudu, Zinatakum in the Kulli Masjid. When you go to the mosque, then you must take your respectable clothing. Some of our Muslim guys they come there with their funny funny shorts or bamudas and me I tell them that hey you must repeat your salat <laughs> we could see your crack at the back you know so this time are you eat you crack or what you you nuts you eating coconuts or what so we make them repeat their prayer and all that and I quote this verse chapter 7 verse 31 sister Melissa this is not for you personally I don't know you 
but it will give you the lesson properly. You heard of Sheikh Ahmed Didat, right? I'm sure about that because you spoke of Ansar and Durban and so forth. He passed away. Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus, Al-A'la Paradise. So I was not there. I used to go a lot there when I was in Newcastle. I just used to sit there. He used to think I'm Gujarati. You understand? Gujarati is our various dialects we have. And he used to tell me, Pelo M. Karejna, I tame Karejna. I just used to smile and laugh and so forth. Anyway, Sister Malesa, so now this is how the story goes. So a Christian guy came to him. Mr. Didat, I want to challenge you. He said, okay, see, it's my prayer time now. So after prayer, we will. This is under apartheid, my sister, Malisa. So he told him, see, that is our bathroom, toilet. It's got water, everything. We will go there, relieve ourselves and everything. And you want to go because you don't use water. You use toilet paper. You go the other side there. So he said, fine. He said, but the challenge is this. When we come out from there, I'll drop my trouser and bend down. And you must drop your trouser and bend down. And you will see now where the fly comes and sit. If the fly comes and sit on your posterior, then you have to embrace Islam. He ran away before the debate could start. Start You got the lesson, my sister Melissa? So from tonight, before you sleep, my sister, start using water. Islam teaches us the true cleanliness, not the artificial cleanliness. All this makeup, all these sprays you are using, French sprays and all that. Today, they don't want my daughters and my sisters to wear the abaya, the robe and the outer cloak. Do you know how the French sprays and all that started? Go read the history, my sister Melissa. The French were stinking people in their past. They never wanted to use water. And they just used to spray, 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 and all that. That is the history. You go read it in the encyclopedia. Go read it on Wikipedia. Go read and so forth. Islam said we must wash ourselves. Then we are cleansed internally and externally. What do you say, my sister Melissa? <laughs> she says brilliant answer, A.K. Ustad. You better become Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ustad, please advise if we can apply Sharia law locally in South Africa. If a Muslim director steals from shareholders, can shareholder chop his hands off, Ustad? First of all, Sharia means you must apply it on yourself. You, the person who asked this question, you read Fajr Salat this whole week on time, I'm asking you. You read Fajr Salat from Ramadan, from, from, from Shawwal till now every day on time. 80%, 90% of the Ummah don't read Fajr Salat, five times Salat on time, and then they want to speak about Sharia. That is the Sharia you have to apply on yourself first. You must remember that who's preventing you. The man must read with Jamaat in the masjid unless you're old or sickly or some other excuse. And the women must read at home. When the Ummah, international community of the Muslims, over one billion are not doing it 80%, then you see the humiliation. How many of us are really paying our zakat and calculating properly? That is the Sharia. Two and a half percent you have to pay. How many of us, our women, are dressing properly, modestly, according to Quran? Surah 33, verse 33, stay in your homes. And Surah 33, verse 59, wear the hijab and niqab. Surah 24, verse 31. All these are explicit, clear-cut verses. 80%, 90%, don't do. So speak about Sharia within ourselves. Speak about Sharia within our homes. Speak about Sharia within our children. 
So Islam wants that everybody must practice on the Sharia themselves. It must be done out of the love for Almighty Allah. It must be done out of the love and respect for Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you go to Pakistan, you go, you go to Saudi, you go to the Arab countries, the ladies, most of them, they wear the hijab or niqab. It's not conviction. It's tradition. They just wear it. They're the first one to stand in the queues for the cinema and bioscopes and all these things here. So that is not Islam, that you're fooling yourself. In Islam, you must remember when a person steals and so forth and so on and is found guilty and in an Islamic country where you have authority, then only we will amputate his hand from the wrist downwards. Remember that. Not that you just catch anybody. So you had money with Amanat, you had money with this one, you had money with that one, whoever. So you must, because the whole thing came out in the public, in a public domain, it's not a secret or somewhere. So now I don't know who's guilty, who's not guilty, but you should know because you had money there. Now you want to go and chop his head, you can't do that. Yes, when you have proof and evidence, then you name them and you shame them and you nail them. <laughs> that is what you must do. That is what Islam teaches us. Somebody says a rich Muslim landlord has a shop right liquor tenant to start. What is the fatwa? So you lost out on the tender. <laughs> you see, half these questions, you must remember, are loaded questions. They want a specific answer from mm. me. They will say, hey, case it like that. You must remember that. So anybody, you must remember that you bought a building, you bought some premises, commercial premises and so forth, and there they have a lease and so forth, and the non-Muslims and so forth, they're selling wine and swine and so forth and so on. So even now, two, three days ago, somebody asked me from Cape Town or from Durban or something. So it's not permissible. Quran Sharif teaches us the golden maxim, Surah 5, verse number 2. That you must not cooperate in sin and transgression. Now let's take that person. He's got 20 tenants, 50 tenants, an anchor tenant. he got this one, that one, who are selling alcohol. So your income is tainted, polluted. And remember, for Muslim, that is not permissible. We must not look for loopholes and so forth. Two industries are cursed in Islam from A to Z. One is alcohol and one is interest. There's no loopholes there. We must condemn it in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Ustad, one more question. What dua should be read for protection? Surah 12, Surah Yusuf, verse 64. Surah 12, verse 64. فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ حَافِذًا وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ Ya Allah, you are the best protector. He, Almighty Allah, is most merciful to show mercy. Simple one you can't remember. That read, Allah Ta'ala's Mubarak, blessed, beautiful name. Read, Ya Hafidu, Ya Hafidu, Ya Hafidu. Ya Allah, protect our shop, protect our family, protect our iman, protect everything of ours, O beloved Allah, Ya Hafidu, Ya Hafidu. We must have yaqeen and conviction. Then Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes and envelopes us. Mm. Well, it's uh, nine o'clock, uh, spot on. We go for our Isha Azan. When we come back, inshallah, we will continue with the Q&A. Don't go away, stay tuned.